This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hiya, it's Mark here and welcome to episode 43 of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 25th of June. So, how was your week? Did it go well? The Bunker opened there under the Arches Outdoor Dining at the Main Guard this week. More on that coming up in a few moments' time. Eve Whelan's Reflections EP is out today. Available now on all music platforms. Best of luck with that, Eve. Rachel Blackmore received her civic reception from Tipperary County Council in Clonmel last night. You may have seen this online. Iceland at the Showground Shopping Centre celebrated five years in Clonmel. Happy birthday. The Blue Way received a Chambers Island Excellence Award. And why not? We love it. It's fabulous. And we found out this week in a shock survey that a total of 19 out of the 105 vacant commercial properties in Clonmel are located in O'Connell Street. I'm also blown away that we have 105 vacant commercial properties in town. That's just crazy, isn't it? All right, what is coming up on this week's Clonmel podcast? I chat to Marie McMahon from the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History about growing up in Clonmel. The museum, of course. Holding a Munster Athletics record and previous jobs. Clonmel Tidy Towns are looking for volunteers. Save the trees in town. What's on at the cinema this week? Jobs for you and probably the creme de la creme of scams to look out for. All this and more coming up. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, the bunker opened their outdoor dining experience this week under the arches at the main guard. I went along to find out more from Jamie Driver. So I've come to find out about Under the Archers Outdoor Dining at the Bunker and I'm joined by Jamie Driver. Jamie, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you kept this quiet, didn't you, eh? The main guard, outdoor dining, it looks amazing. Whose idea was this? Thank you very much. Uh, I suppose it was our idea as a restaurant. It was my idea, but it was our idea mm. as a, an option to get back to what we like to do, I suppose, to serving people uh, table side and having to crack with our customers as opposed to the takeaway which we've been doing for the last while so uh, just took a little bit of uh, jumping through hoops and stuff to, to get it over the line but we're, we're finally under the arches now. Great place to be, 17th century former courthouse and people may remember Cooney's Bar that was there back in the day as well. How's the uh, reaction been to the outdoor dining under the arches at the main guard? It's blown me away. It's been amazing. Uh, we've had phenomenal support from the minute we opened yesterday. We kind of got thrown right into the deep end. Uh, we got no chance to ease ourselves into it or figure things out. It was just straight in. Um, but no, it's been good. It's been really, really busy and uh, the feedback has been great. A few little things we need to work on here and there, but they're just parts of uh, finding our feet and adapting, I suppose. But overall, very good feedback and very happy. How long do you plan to be open for? Uh, we're planning on... We're doing it for a month essentially at the start just as a kind of a trial to make sure the council and the OPW who have been kindly kind enough to allow us to do it are happy with it and I suppose to make sure that we're happy with it and that it works for us as well. Um, so after the month's trial then we'll essentially make a decision as to whether to continue it or not long term as long as the weather allows us I suppose and then back at it next year hopefully if we get to go ahead again. Now we're not too sure what might happen regarding opening for hospitality inside at the moment, we're still waiting on that. There's talks it may be put back. I mean, this will be this will work out rather well for you if that doesn't yeah, happen. Absolutely, I suppose I don't wish that we don't get no, back inside. Not. Obviously, and there's a lot of places that aren't lucky enough to have mm. the, the facility we've just been granted. Um, so, 
I definitely hope we do get back to indoor sooner rather than later. But yeah, no, we're kind of geared up for uh, not getting back inside for a little while. Uh, by the way, talks are going. And I have to say, it's a lovely holiday atmosphere around the town when you when you come along down the main garden. You you see under the arches at the bunker, people eating away, drinking away. It's a lovely holiday atmosphere, isn't it, around the town? Absolutely, yeah. Drinking coffee now, we must say. There's no alcohol <laughs> no, of course. there, drinking coffee. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is. It's a really nice uh, place to sit and watch the world go by, uh, enjoy a bite to eat and just kick back and relax, I think. You're open Wednesday to Sunday from 9am to 5pm, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Five days a week to start off. Any talks of maybe longer hours in the evening down the road? Yeah, I suppose we just said we'd ease ourselves into it with kind of not doing everything at the start. Um, but as we kind of get through this and figure our feet out with this, we'll uh, look at maybe moving it a little later and we'll talk to the council and the OPW and see is there flexibility there. We don't want to take it over completely all the time either. I suppose there's other events that go on there. Um, there's other things that are ex exhibited there and stuff like that throughout the year so I suppose just giving them a bit of flexibility with it as well as ourselves and I suppose everyone's happy then. So we must express as well it's a walking service isn't it? It is yeah uh, we can't operate bookings I suppose for a couple of reasons firstly uh, we're in Ireland and the weather doesn't always uh, uh, give us what we want so uh, the weather could uh, go against us in our means giving out tables and stuff like that so we might be down tables and we might not be able to accommodate people we have promised so that would be the first reason and secondly then just giving the council and the OPW full flexibility if they do have something or if there's an emergency we need to be able to move our tables away and to break them down if, if, if the case arises so for that reason we just went against the bookings and it is yes walk-ins only. And what mouth-watering delights are on offer at the bunker under the arches? We've got pretty much a little bit of everything covered. We have like your breakfast, your brunch, uh, your eggs, your pancakes, uh, up as far as then lunch, you've got more salads, uh, burgers and steaks. So it's a little bit of everything, um, which have all been flying. There's literally been nothing that hasn't sold off the menu and there hasn't been a seat for you all for the last two days. So it's, uh, it's good. We're about to close a little bit earlier today due to running out of food. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, ready for it. <laughs> Well, listen, do you know what? Best of luck with it. It's a great idea. Lovely bringing some life into the town, especially around the main guard area too. Jamie Driver from The Bunker, under the arches at the main guard. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you, Jamie. Now, staying at the main guard, the Heritage Site is now open there once again. Admission is free. They're open Tuesday to Sunday from 9am to 4.15pm. There's so much to see, including the current exhibition, which is Manar 100, 100 Years of women's contribution to the state. Well worth a look. Clonmel Tidy Towns do so much amazing work keeping our wonderful town looking fabulous and you can normally see the volunteers around the town. But how would you like to become one? They're always looking for members. They meet every Tuesday and Thursday at 7pm at the Hubbin Marketplace and Saturday mornings at 11am to work on one of their many projects. Also, check out their Instagram and Facebook pages for more details. An online petition to stop the cutting down of mature trees in town has been set up by the group Shurikan. Red ribbons have also been placed around the trees due to be felled. This is all part of the urban design for Clonmel, with all trees being cut down in Gladstone Street and O'Connell Street and replaced with young ornamental trees instead. More on the Shurikan Facebook page where you can also sign the petition. Surely there's some way we can avoid cutting those trees down. We've been asked to only attend our local hospital in the case of a genuine emergency, 
A statement from the Tipperary University Hospital says that they're under increased pressure due to people attending the hospital and that the emergency department is exceptionally busy. Where possible, a GP or care doc out of our service should be consulted in the first instance. Oh dear, it's that time again. More scams doing the round. This has to be probably the best one yet I've ever heard of. Look out for it. Our scammers are now claiming to be from the, yes, Gardee. Can you believe that? You'll receive a call from a number that we're told is an actual Garda station number. They will also say that you've been linked to a crime, of course they will, and may even pass you on to a colleague to get your details, which is another scam artist. And you could also receive a follow-up call. These idiots are unbelievable, aren't they? Or should we say, believable? If you get one of these calls, just hang up. The guards will not contact you in this way. And please, under no circumstances, give out any personal information and let older or vulnerable people know about this scam too. That's just crazy. That really is. The new columbarium at St. Patrick's Cemetery in town is now available for use. We spoke about this facility a few months ago on the podcast where I also admitted I had no idea what it was. I had to look it up. A columbarium is a structure with many individual units where you can store urns that may contain cremated remains or ashes. You can get more details from any of the undertakers in town. If you're looking to nab a good old bargain this weekend, here's something for you at the Showground Shopping Centre. Villa, name it and only, have sales on right now. Love a good old sale, me. And Iceland, who we mentioned earlier, are celebrating five years in Clonmel. They're giving you the chance to win a €100 voucher if you shop in store. I was in there the other day and they have a new range in from Harry Ramsden. Lovely fish, chips, mushy peas. And while you're there, have a look at their TGI Friday range too. Very nice indeed. Okay, time for the Hillview Flamingo online bingo update. Big news is the snowball jackpot wasn't won. Could be you next time. Eyes down at 8pm sharp this coming Monday, June 28th, and the Hillview Clonmel Lotto is a whopping two grand. Get your tickets for a mere one euro, and the draw is every Saturday there at 8pm at Hillview. More on the Hillview Sports Club Facebook page. We had Jay Downey, manager of IMC Clonmel, on the podcast last week, and here's some of the movies to keep you and the kids entertained showing this week. They include Fast and Furious 9 or F9, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, A Quiet Place 2, and Conjuring 3. No, they're not for the kids, those last two. <laughs> for the kids, we do have Peter Rabbit 2 and Felix and the Treasure of Morgar. Go to imccinemas.ie for more and to book, and the cinema is open from 2pm daily. The Alison Cronin Dance Academy at the Old Bridge are soon to run a movement and mobility class, working on strengthening and stretching the muscles and loosening and mobilising the joints. €8 per class, it's pay-as-you-go and starts on July the 6th. All the details on their Facebook page. The Feathered Horse Country Experience is reopening on Tuesday, July the 6th. Pre-booking is essential. Opening hours are Tuesday to Saturday from 10am to 4pm. And you can email inquiries at fhcexperience.ie. Also find them on Facebook and Instagram.
The South Tipperary Involvement Centre at Place for You in Gladstone Street is reopening on Wednesday, the 7th of July from 11am to 1pm. Four people allowed at any one time and booking is necessary. You can call Sandra to confirm your space on 086 176 9693 and all COVID-19 guidelines are in place. Clune Restaurant in Nelson Street will reopen for takeaways on Tuesday, the 29th of June. That's next Tuesday. And they're open Tuesday to Friday from 9.30am. Speaking of food, fancy a delicious takeaway Sunday lunch? Well, you can get that this Sunday from Hotel Manila. Orders must be in by 10am on Sunday. Check out the Hotel Manila and Leisure Centre Facebook page to view the menu and details on ordering. Raheen House Hotel have their Raheen at Home Takeaway Sunday lunch available. You can view the menu on their Facebook page and the new collection times are from 12 to 12.45pm. Have to say, had a lovely meal over there last Saturday night with their outdoor dining. It was gorgeous, very nice. Now, jobs this week. Paddy Power in town are looking for a retail betting assistant. 10.75 an hour. More details on jobalert.ie. DID Electrical at the Poppy Fields are looking to hire a store assistant. More on ie.indeed.com. Kerry's Bar in Irish Town are looking for staff. You must be available to work Friday to Sunday. If interested, email your CV to michelle-carey at hotmail.com. New Looking Clonmel are looking for a supervisor. Jobalert.ie has all the details there for you. M&S Nationwide are looking to hire sales advisors part-time. More on jobalert.ie. We spoke to Jamie earlier. The Bunker are also looking for staff. Email thebunkerclonmel at gmail.com if you're interested there. And Ace Security in town, who I worked for many years ago, are looking to hire a security officer. Full-time, part-time, more on ie.nd.com. Quite a funny story, actually. I remember I had this massive dog, massive Alsatian called Major, I think his name was. He was the biggest dog I've ever seen. Never met him before. He was put in the back of the van. I'm driving the van around the town. The dog is trying to eat me through the wire meshing. At the traffic lights, the dog is going mad. He was so big, the van was being shaken from side to side. So in the end, what I would do to try and, you know, get him used to me, and this is terrible, I'd give him some of my ham sandwich, pass it through the wire meshing to calm him down. In the end, you could rub his belly. He loved me. (laughs) That was my experience in the security business. That lasted for two weeks. (laughs) If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel Podcast, you can email Podcast at gmail.com, and it's a free service. Okay, time for this week's interview, and I caught up with Marie McMahon, curator of the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History. The Clonmel Podcast. I've come to the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History in Mick Delahunty Square, and I'm speaking to curator Marie McMahon. Marie, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. How are you doing, Mark? Thanks for coming again. Do you know what? You've just taken me around the Irish War of Independence exhibition. Amazing. It is. It's incredible. I advise everyone to come and see this. The photographs alone and what you've did with the photographs, they're like 3D images, so lifelike, it's touching, it really, really is. Yeah, it's um, hugely impactful and it's, um, it, it, it's, I suppose, when you walk in, it's just a feast of imagery and 
um, emotion. Um, you can, you're standing beside these pictures and they're nearly life size and you can nearly see around the armored car. You can see the hairs on people's faces, it, you know, just the colorization and um, the technique that um, Mark Breslin and uh, our, our John Breslin and Mark Lockery had uh, applied to these images was just amazing. Um, they were on loan from RTE and uh, the National Library. So we were completely gifted with the fact that they have never been seen in color um, in any exhibition before. So we're really, it's one of our USBs for the exhibition. Really stands out. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, it's, it's amazing. How long did the exhibition take to organize? Well, we were due to open it in November last year, mm. um, around the time of Bloody Sunday, the, the commemoration. And because of lockdown, it was really difficult to actually get the exhibition together because, you know, people were getting, you know, COVID and there was, you know, people were in contact with people and they're out of circulation for a number of weeks. And just people were generally nervous to kind of contact us. And some people then just didn't know we were, we were actually working behind closed doors. Um, so we're at it since I think the end of 2019. No, it wasn't actually it was September 2019. We started working on it because we had a redevelopment open in the end of October. So then the lockdown happened then in the March. So we were just working away. You know, it was it was a quieter time in a sense that we didn't have visitors coming in, but we were so busy working on this exhibition because we knew we wanted to. Um, to extrapolate loads of fantastic images um, and we weren't able to contact the communities that we needed to contact so we were kind of going far and wide and trying to get to every connection that we possibly had to try and get what, what we needed but yeah it's, it's, it's fantastic and as you said aside from the images the information and the text that's mm -hmm. there is, is so interesting so and detailed it is and it's so detailed but each each element you could read one section and it doesn't deter you from the arrest no. exhibition so you could actually walk away it's almost like a coffee table book. Yeah. You can pick it up, have a read of a few panels, come away and go, God, yeah, that's food for thought, and then come back again and just enjoy it. Um, like we've had people in there for an hour and a half in that exhibition alone, aside from the other exhibition that we have in our main gallery, which people really haven't seen because we were only open four months um, and then we were locked down again. So we're like a shiny new pin here and we're just can't wait for people to come in and visit. How long is the exhibition on for? We're going to run it until September uh, 22. Um, reason being, generally we do, we, we run exhibitions three to four months, but because we've been closed for so long and we've worked so hard on the project and I know there's a huge cohort of people across Ireland that want to come and visit. Mm. And I know because you've got people visiting, you know, that want to go into new counties that they haven't visited before. So um, Clonmel, it's going to be a hidden gem, I think, for people uh, as they go towards the southeast region. Stop in, stay maybe in Manila or the Park Hotel or Raheen House or Hearns Hotel, you know, and manage to stay down in the county um, for that bit longer because there's so much to see here. It's incredible with the Blue Way and yeah. the different walks. Like we've all walked every trail across, mm. you know, south of Tipperary, I suppose, Camel for the majority. but. You just never tire of it. It's no. just, we're so lucky that we've got the river and the mountains here. We're blessed. We're blessed. We really, really we are. We are blessed. And the bird, like it's just been, while it's been a really difficult, traumatic time for people, being able to get out in the fresh air has been incredible. And I know some of the weather hasn't been great, but you just put your jacket on and raincoat. And yeah, get out and enjoy it. And go out and enjoy it. Yeah. Also, the Mick Delahunty exhibition is on. Yes, we've Mick Delahunty, we've added some more items from our Mick Delahunty collection. We've some items in the in the foyer here in the museum. 
and we've added a few more items to the displays but we will be doing um, some more work with uh, the McDelahunty and entertainment section and um, we're you know the CD has been a tremendous um, success for us. Really has, hasn't it? Really, like, it captures people's imagination just beyond. We sent out three and a half thousand CDs. Like I was worried that I'd be able to send out five hundred, um, and the amount of calls and the letters, and we're actually connecting. We got we've gotten hundreds of letters back in, hundreds of emails, phone calls. We've had people crying on the phone, thanking us for sending the CD. That they have it on a loop on their CD player. Um, they're still dancing to it and just the fondness and memory just a wonderful time I suppose and some people may have lost their husband or their wife since that era um, and they've had family and it just brought back amazing memories for them so we've been very lucky and we've had a lot of people tell us that they're planning on coming to Clonmel on the back of, um, of receiving the CD and just really want to see where Dell lived you know just the, the homeland, um, some people from that were living in Tipperary and moved elsewhere really want to come back and just just a sense of nostalgia, I suppose, for everybody in um, during lockdown has been remarkable. We were talking about it earlier. You know, I, I think even the War of Independence exhibition, you know, people have items um, that that, you know, belong to their families. And, you know, people should put more importance on on that. and what greater importance to, would be to maybe loan it or donate it to the museum so that we can hold on to it for the next 100 years and tell your family's story. Because all the information that we get from you, we try and ask you to give us as much. We'll document it, put it in an object history file, and it's there for life. You How know? do people do that? So basically what they do is they could either contact us by phone 0761065252 or email the museum at museum at tipperarycoco.ie. And Basically, all you have to do is tell us if you have um, some material belonging to your dad or your granddad or your great-grandfather or a relative um, and let us know what it is. And some, some people, like we've gotten amazing objects for our Civil War exhibition for next year. Won't divulge anything now. I'll keep it for another podcast, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've had some amazing material come in. Um, so, you know, and, and the more obscure, even the better, because like even on the Late Late Show when we were on it there in January, I think it was, wasn't it? Mm. Um, they had, there was a fag butt of um, one of the volunteers and you're like, it's, you know, or somebody had um, somebody's pillowcase after while well, somebody had died, you know, just very it's tiny amazing, and it? yeah. ordinary objects. Like the, the jersey, the Hogan jersey, that's so impactful for people. They We've had people coming out crying, excited, delighted. Um, it just it's ama- it, it amazes me every time I see it when people are just so excited to see it and respectful of it of what happened at the time well worth a visit the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History when are you open? so we're opened um, from Tuesday to Saturday from 10am to 1 o'clock and we're closed lunch 1 to 2 because we have to do an extensive cleaning as well of all the not for lunch. Not for lunch, no. no. <laughs> and um, so we're closed for, for an hour in between while we mm. clean um, all of the areas where people might have touched yeah. things. So to make sure that um, everything is sanitised. And we have sanitizers throughout the whole building. Um, you just sign in when you come in, wear your mask and off you go. And, you know, Do you have to book? You can book, but you can, you can just come on in. And if, 
if there are people ahead of you, we'll just wait 15 minutes to accommodate then your visits, just so that everybody has a bit mm. more space. I think everyone's more conscious of their own personal space now. So It's fully uh, COVID compliant here. Yeah. Completely. And we have the safety charter from Fault Ireland as well, which is great. So, um, And we've gotten um, um, the renewal of that for next year as well, which is great. Now, let's talk yeah. about Marie McMahon. Yes. What do you want to know, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Where were you born, Marie? And what part of the town did you grow up in? Born in Clonmel. Mm in St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, my mom, as it was then? As it was then. And my mum was uh, Helen Casey and my dad is John Casey. My mum's uh, maiden name would have been Helen Larkin. Um, she passed away around 12 years ago. So, um, so, but we've very fond memories of our times going up to the Nair and up to the Cross and camping with the Scouts. So um, I'm a, a, a Scouter at heart as well. And I'm actually a Scout leader don't kind of do the whole scout um, kind of Tuesday or Thursday kind of leader but I do help out whenever they need it which is great and um, my dad is still very heavily involved with the scouts. Was it your father got you involved in the scouts? My dad has been in the scouts I think since he's, he will correct me now if I mm. think this is wrong. Um, it, I think, no pressure. I think he's in it since he's around 16, 17. Yeah. So, and I won't divulge his age, but he's in it a long time. And my sister has been there all her, has gone most of the years, my elder sister, Joan and um, Claire and myself. And we just always loved it. We just a huge affinity. Like, I, Where would you go with the Scouts? Wexford, Dungarvan. We've gone to Kerry before. We've gone to Clare. Clare and Kerry are difficult with the rain. Sometimes it, it, they're, you know, it's, um, it's challenging. Um, we were down one time in Kerry in Castle Gregory and when Hurricane Charlie hit. Oh my God. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. And all I remember is the beep, beep, beep of the bulldozer coming in, trying to dig out trenches and around 20 men trying to hold down a, a tent. So yeah, that was, we've had amazing times with the Scouts and uh, they're a great family for us as well in, um, in the town and we're hugely supportive of all their endeavors, you know. How long have they been in town, the Scouts? Oh and they set up? Do you have any idea? I can't remember. I should know, but I, I think it was but around... But your dad would know. I think it definitely around the 50s anyway. Um, Pierce Purcell, actually, Maureen Purcell's husband, was um, was a leader back in the day as well. And I think Donald Wilde has some great pictures in his book mm. of, of that. Um, so what else? Um, Where did you go to school? Went to school in the Sisters of Charity. Oh. And um, I think one of the highlights of that was I was chosen as one of the girls to be the flower bearers for the May Day procession. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so when you made your communion, you were yeah. chosen to, to hold. So I got one of the curved baskets yeah. with the little curve um, handle wicker baskets. And we walked around and we had to practice and it was great fun, great fun. Um, and I started running actually at that stage um, in primary school in fifth class. Hmm. And I was, um, wasn't, didn't really like the long distance running, but loved uh, sprinting. sprinting yeah. I, was a, I was a bit of a goat. And when I, um, when I climbed mountains, I just had boundless energy. And my dad often tells a story where I was in the marquee with the scouts one time and they couldn't find me. I was five and I was hanging from the pole at the very top of the marquee like a circus Marquee, huge. Um, so yeah, I was had boundless energy. So I started running with the Clamwell Athletic Club, and I was running with them until I was seventeen or so, until I went to college. And I um, I did a bit when I was eighteen as well. But um, any competitions? Did yeah, you take I, part? I won an All Ireland medal for pentathlon. Oh wow! Um, so that would be five events, mm. and um, I. They, they laugh at me at home. I still hold the monster, or I still hold the monster record for the under. 
what is it, 13, under 13's hurdles. <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. No one's beaten that record no. so far. Well, maybe somebody has. I don't know, but I haven't had the, the literature since then, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> um, but I have, um, I had always aspirations to be in the Olympics. That just was my dream at the time. Um, and then I went to college. Um, I studied fashion design in college. Oh. Yeah, in Limerick. And um, from there then I went to, went to London after that worked in a fashion house in, in London off Oxford Street. Oh, really? We did lots of designs for Topshop, Selbridges, Wallace. How so long were you there? I was there for two years. Did and you miss home? I did, actually. It was a tough time over there because mm. there was a lot of bombings at the time in, mm. um, and it was difficult to Especially be Irish there. over there. Yeah, yeah. it was really difficult. Mm. Um, it was the early 90s and um, you'd sit in the tube and people would, you just don't open your mouth because people knew you're Irish. It was, it was very unusual. It was, yeah. Very unusual. Um, but I came back and I, I finished work on a Friday in London and had gotten a job in Pennies in the Buying Office in Dublin. Oh. So I started up with them. So I had an eclectic mix of um, jobs. And before all that, I worked uh, as a butcher when I was 15. Um, a butcher? A butcher in Clonmel. Was it a trainee butcher? Were you training up to be involved? Oh, I wasn't going involved? to be a butcher, no. no? It, just, it was a summer job. <laughs> it was great. And I also, I put my, um, well, Frank and Sheila O'Keefe that used to own the, the Crescent stores. Yes. They uh, took me in to work at weekends while I was in college. So I worked in the bakery. Great and, shop. Very busy shop. Oh, fantastic. And still is. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, I really enjoyed it. I have to say working with, with, with the guys and the staff are all fabulous. But I worked in Dunn's all the way through my secondary school. Dunn's, life as which well. one? In Oakville. Oakville Shopping um, Centre? So I was in was that the grocery it was small, department. Small Duns? Small Duns. Remember it used to be very gross. narrow, narrow aisles where they yeah. died up that time? Absolutely. I remember one day spilling um, TCP on oh. the gr- two bottles on myself and they wouldn't <laughs> allow me to go home and get changed. <laughs> Let's face it, that smells at the best of times, oh. doesn't it? TCP. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so then I progressed to the, to the tills and... Um, that was such, I just loved being on the tills. It was just amazing meeting everybody. When you were on the tills now, was that? Oh, there's no scan. It was, you, you, you typed had to in type the in the numbers. You typed in the numbers and you, i never forget Christmas, the mm. weight of the turkeys going over onto the conveyor belt that never worked. <laughs> they, that's never right, worked. they never did work. Never worked, just push, did. Can you push that up, please? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not surprised people have repetitive strain injury on their shoulders and elbows and arms. Um, it was great fun and um, lots of people, lots of friends of ours all worked there. We just had, it was just great, great crack, you know. Hard work, but good fun. Fierce hard work, mm. um, but great meeting people and like people giving in the coupons and there was butter coupons at the time and, you know, just, just different times, I suppose. I suppose each era has its, has its moments, like now you have COVID and everybody has their, me- will have their memories of that. Um, I mean, who would have thought your days in done to be now self-service? Oh yeah, absolutely. Who would have thought that? Not in a million years. Mm. Um, but people, people, I think through COVID have have realised the you know the, the personal connection and the com- sense of community. You know, I don't think we lo- we, we lost. It. I think it. I think it, it'll thrive. From I do. This. Yeah, you know, I really do. I think people found a new found. I think it was there many many it. years ago in our parents' times, mm. and may have disappeared for a while. But now with yeah. COVID, it's, it's come back again, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, so what else did I do? Um, Where did you hang out as a young person when you went out on the town in Clonmel on a Saturday or maybe it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday God, for the, yeah. old, the old weekend? Well, you see, I worked at the weekends um, oh, no. in the shops. So 
No, we would. We'd go to the arms or to um, or Manila. Manila was the, was the main haunt, I suppose. And I remember getting the um, chicken curry. Yet you had to serve food at the time. That's for right. Discos. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah, that was that was fun. But we used to have we used to have great crack. You know, um, just have have a few drinks and go on home. And I'd have to get up in the morning for I think it was six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning to work as well. Oh my God. So I was always, and I worked in Ria's boutique actually. Um, oh, here yeah. in Remember that, where was it again? That was down Mitchell Street. Mitchell Street. I worked oh, down wow. there. And I, I remember at the start, I was teaching over in the VC as well for um, a number of years. And I was working in the high school in the canteen there at lunchtime while I was teaching in the school. And I worked in Ria's boutique on a Saturday. So I was always very busy. So I've always been known as a busy girl. So, um, And now I'm involved with the Rotary Club here in Clonmel. Do such and a great job. It's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's mm. brilliant. They're great. And I was very involved with the sensory garden that was uh, developed in Mulcahy Park. And we worked with the South Tiberi Autism Support Group and Catherine Kennedy and Brendan Nyan, who was president at the time. So, you know, they, they, they have some really great projects, the Rotary. And um, so um, once all this lockdown um, lifts now, hopefully we'll get back to, to meeting everybody again, you know. When did you join the museum? I joined in 2003. So I was teaching down in the VEC at the time and I got a job working in the craft granary and care as the um, education officer there. And then I progressed there to be the manager there. And I applied for the job here with the, as education officer here in the museum. And I got in 2003. So um, I started um, and just loved it. Is that the... Uh, That's the, the, the Burker boiler here behind right, me. Right, we'll have coffees in a minute. This is great. <laughs> the coffees. The coffees and so in the old days just put a kettle on that's it exactly it reminds me of scouting days that's why i bought it it reminds me of the scouts um so i worked out in the craft granary and um really enjoyed that and then there's um and we set up a shop out there as well the craft shop now it's only since closed down uh, just a couple of years ago um but i worked moved in here as education officer into the museum and then in 2007 then um i got the position of curator here in the museum and I suppose the main thing for me, because I'm from Clonmel, it was just, I, I just had the affiliation with Tipperary. I just needed it to be, you know, it, it had a fantastic collection and the story hadn't been told about it, mm. you know, and uh, we hadn't had the opportunity, I suppose, financially to, to develop it. So we started working on a strategic uh, plan um, and a, a plan for the town then as well called the Flights of Discovery, and we just started working on a phase on a phase basis, trying to get certain things done. So the museum was the first phase, and that's why we developed it. But it's it's fantastic to have such a project because you know each curator uh, of the time, Pat Holland was a curator from the 80s, and then um, Pat left, then in uh, moved into another department, then in 2001, um, 2000, 2001, and another curator came in, then Sarah Gillespie. So each each individual cur curator has done something different for it and I suppose because of my textile background I'm very um, inclined towards textiles mm. um, and um, so that's that's been a huge plus as well to have we've received a beautiful wedding dress um, from the 1870s from Christine Downey was her grandmother's and it's purple 
and it's just phenomenal. That's you know? inside, isn't it? Yeah, it's inside yeah, the gallery. That's lovely. You know, so I suppose each person will bring a bit of themselves into the museum and leave their mark in that sense. So I suppose that's why, as well, I was so passionate about during lockdown that we would get, you know, images and pictures and objects, you know, about. They might, they might seem mundane now, but I've collected all of the leaflets that came in my door. You know, I've got a photograph taken with... Um, Coleman Walsh in, in St Mary Street Medical Centre and Marjorie, you know, for COVID because I got my um, my double jabs. It's great the way you, you, you're thinking like that. I suppose, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of, you become... Maybe people of, should do the same thing and document. I definitely document because I only spoke to a friend today and they were saying that somebody had passed to them um, recently and they were so disappointed they didn't record. Mm. And people are always saying it to younger people. Record them and just... You know the little stories that they tell you probably you've heard them 20 times mm. but when they're gone you might forget them so it's it's um I, I just feel since lockdown you know everybody has had a newfound appreciation of their life and their family i think anyway myself personally and i know a lot of other people think the same so um we'd be we'd be so grateful you know and that's why the mcdell project has been great because we've had those stories in writing and in fo by phone call and by emails and we're saving everything and we're actually working with Jack Reardon and the um, Junction Festival. He's producing a play and he's going to be using some of the text from that and some of the memories from people in that mm. particular show as well. So that's that's a lovely legacy to have as well. Now, obviously, nobody is going to be identified, you know, but yeah. it's um, it's just a lovely way to kind of build on a project and, and expand it. And there's, there's so much creativity here in Clonmel and Tipperary. It's just so much. There really is, you know. Before we finish up, this place aside, have you got a favourite part of Clonmel? Um, I love, one of my favourite places, I suppose, well, I love Kerry's Castle. Um, mm. I've always liked that. Um, and I love when you go up to the cross and you're coming down the cross and you go through all the rhododendrons. Mm. It always reminds me. I, I just can visualise little carts yeah. going through it um, and all the stones and the little walls. And every wall I see when I'm up there, I think, God, somebody actually built that probably. Could be 100 years ago even. Could have been 150 years ago. And it's such, you know, it's, it's, it's such a... Um, a difficult terrain up there. I, I can just imagine it in the winter time. But I love that, and I, I, I love the walks down by the, by the river and Marlfield Lake and um, St Patrick's Well. We're very know, lucky, aren't we? So lucky. Mm. It's just so beautiful. And to walk up the mountains, it's free. It's on our doorstep. Fresh air. You know, the smell of the, the forest is there's nothing mm. like it. Mm. Um, there's another walk then by um, um, down by Sandy Banks. That area. There's a little stream going down through. And just the, just the sound of it is just so lovely, and the birds and everything. You know, probably thinking from the birds, but do you know, it's just it's 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 just so lovely, just really lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week, Marie McMahon from the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History. We're off for a cup of tea now. Thank I think you. that's ready, is it? Milk or sugar? <laughs> Milk and sugar. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. The Club Mail Podcast. Thank you, Marie. There we go. That is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email the Clonmel Podcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. Until next week, stay safe, look after one another, and I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan, produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.